I have a heart that breaks for a dying city. Stop cursing your future. <laughs> Is not true. For all intents and purposes, I am a woman. The government and political system has ultimate supremacy. Jesus is king of kings, and it's about time our nation return in humble submission to his lordship. You are not protecting women. You are authorizing the destruction of 500,000 little women every year. That's I didn't start it. But sir, sir, with all due respect, that's the argument of a five-year-old. I didn't start it. Right, when the spirit comes upon people, they go to war, they go to battle, and the enemies of God are driven back, and they're slaughtered. Hey, CrossPolitik! Welcome to our weekly sh- podcast. Thank Cross you for joining us. Politic. We have, uh, I've, you already heard from Pastor Toby Sumter, Hello. right here in front of me. Praise the Lord, Pastor. To my right of me. God bless you. Chuck every, Knox. Every time I see Pastor Toby, I just want to give him an offering. Isn't it? It's, just, <laughs> it's, the, it's the charismatic person in I, me. I just it? want to point out, though, that you don't. <laughs> I said I want to. I'm just, my I'm, heart I'm still, is in the right place. Still but waiting. The flesh no. is weak, brother. Yeah. I'm still waiting. <laughs> the flesh is, as, the as, is willing. As, as Paul said in 2 Corinthians, you promised that gift, where is it? Oh. Yeah, that was Paul talking to Corinthians. <laughs> <laughs> I just turned and to a liberal theologian. I also yeah. want to point out I also want to point out that uh you guys went to AW without me. Uh different times. Uh different oh. times. I, 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 you, yep. Not only did you not give me the promised offering. No, I'm kidding. We didn't go together. <laughs> you didn't get AW. I, I, I thought you guys just went you I didn't know. say I promised it, did I? No, so we have a great uh, show. We have a great cards? show. We have Joel Dr. Joel McDermott coming on later. Woo, he's going to rattle some cages. Um, he's going to rattle some cages. He, he's, <laughs> oh got a, he's got a really interesting book out there, Restoring America, One County at a Time. It's a great book. Yeah. Buckle up. Really good book. Buckle up. You guys got to get it. You got to check it out. Go to AmericanVision.org to buy that book. Yes. So. yes. It's like high-octane libertarian. Yes. Yeah. Like, like, like yeah. you know. With a bite. B- blow, blow your socks off. <laughs> and one of the things that I really appreciate about Dr. McDermott is, is he really is trying to figure out what the Bible says and yes. how to apply it now. Yes. And, and I actually agree with him in a lot we of ways. Lots more of that. Yeah. yeah well, Way I, more. I can have yeah. that conversation. Yep. I can have that conversation with a Christian brother who's saying, no, we should be working the Bible out right. in practice. What in does the Bible world. actually say? That's right. And let's yeah. apply let's it to it. our life. Let's yeah. do it. And, and let's, let's apply it to the most um, closest places that we can see fruit grow, which is right at home. Yeah. Right? right. I think uh, John Crawford, who wrote uh, the book Baptism is Not Enough. One of the things he did for me was like as a as a person who claimed to be a, a law, a, a theonomist. I'm scared to say the word as a theonomist. I'm a nice theonomist, though. I'm a, I'm a, nice, a loving, a loving the, theonomist. The yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, is that, hey, where do I apply? How do I do this? He's like, well, do it at home first. Yeah. Do it at home right. first. Is somebody steal something from your, one of your kids steal from each other? God's law is applicable there. Yeah. You know, right. if your kid right. destroys a cat next door, <laughs> go, God's go. law is applicable there. Yeah. Use it in your sphere that you Times govern five. first. Right. Times, the enemy yeah. is not this thing that's yeah. over here, out there. Yeah. And some, you know. True story. I mean, growing up, uh, my parents would refer to someone as a theonomist in somewhat hushed tones. They're a theonomist. I didn't know what it was at all, but I kind of knew it was bad. Yeah, it still is. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean I, <laughs> I'm not a theonomist, are you? <laughs> it depends on how you define it, right? Yeah, you know, like, I am. Yeah, yeah. Theonomy Gabriel, is a broad. You, you, it, you don't have a beard. Every, oh! So it's impossible. <laughs> so, I'm kidding. But, you know, theonomy, and that's one thing that I think people don't understand. Theonomy is a broad 
uh, road. Yeah, yeah. And people apply you know, that. Jesus said something about the broad road. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but we're on and, the narrow and road. The narrow way. <laughs> on the narrow way, there is this little. There's Where's your little, drum set? <laughs> <laughs> You just don't like the conversation. Oh, Tell the truth. They rattled some cages. Well, and, 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 and connected to all this, the reason why we had Joel coming on later is because everyone knows that we're in trouble. Like Everyone knows well, that America is not right. Yeah. Okay? Both Hillary and Donald are campaigning on, we will fix your problems. Yes. And, we and will we fix your economy. That. We believe they and can. And we believe that. Yes. So, no, no well, just clarify. We don't believe that. America. Yes. America believes that. Thinks right, that. right. Well, aren't we Americans? Even that, I think, is changing, though, because I, I don't know. Like, I think, like, even the Democrats are not excited about Hillary. Yeah. Uh, my next door no, neighbors like- have all the yard signs up and not one for Hillary. Oh. <laughs> They're well, all, you're they're, in Idaho. They're they're liberals. They're yeah. straight up liberals. Uh, so. Are they really? God bless them. All the yard signs for all the other Democrats, Except not Hillary. Hillary. Yeah, right. Well, maybe they're open to the gospel now. <laughs> because they don't have a Hillary sign? And there might be an open door right <laughs> there, brother. Right there. There's an opening. I'm going to invite yeah. you over. I do see you have all these idols up for everyone else, but you don't have one for-, for You don't have the ultimate idol. <laughs> you don't have the- yeah. but, but I think the, the thing is, is that, I I don't know, I think that there's a lot of people that are really like despairing, too. Yeah, like absolutely. it's like, oh my goodness. Yeah. Well, it's like it's a clown parade, yeah. but it's for the same reasons because they're looking at it and oh, they're yeah, saying sure. we're yeah. going to get yeah savior. Yes, they still gonna, want the government to or, save. Yeah. They just don't right. like kind of their current right. choices. It's like yeah. the super the save. superheroes really suck this this season. Very few. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think I, that's exactly right. And very few people are looking on a local, um, within their realm of authority type of answer to the problem. Right. Yeah. And that's why I thought, you know, Joe McDermott coming on would be really good to help us think more yeah. locally. You local. Know. And I think that's where we should be thinking at. And when I say local, I'm not talking about... Think uh, global, act local. I'm thinking about when you walk out your bedroom local, in your bedroom local, yeah. in, your in, house, your house in your house local, your yep. you know, in yep. your church local, yep. that kind of local. Not like, hey, my mm-hmm. state local. Like, mm-hmm. That's great. Sure. But it has to start at home first. You got so, any stories for us? So sit tight. That so, interview is coming up. Um, but before we get there, let's go through some of our, our kind of recent issues that are going on. Why we do need we to be. Do we have to? Okay. We have to. We have This is. <laughs> Otherwise, some of these, you don't know what's going on, David. That's true. No, I, no, 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 no. Yes, that's really no, true. No. I, I believe you. But w- one of the things, um, I'll tie this back into Joel real quick before we move on. Um, Joel uh, starts off his book talking about education. Yes, and we've we've hit this hard, uh, hopefully hard on our show. We did a we did a show on Fell University. Yep. Almost every show we discuss something related to education yep. or university or something like that. Yeah. And it, because that's uh, in a lot of ways at the heart of our problem. We're giving our kids over to Caesar, and no wonder they become Romans, as yeah. as Vody Vody Bachman would say. And they baptize them, by the way. Rome baptizes. Them. R- and Rome that baptizes. Them. That's right. Um, and <laughs> but babies. but part of even. <laughs> The greater problem, say public education is a, a real problem, but even a greater problem in this is we have Christian universities um, participating in in worldly sin in a way that's just like, it, it just blows my mind. So Whitworth University, you guys know Whitworth. It's in uh, Spokane. Spokane. Hey. Oh, Spokane. Oh, I'm, I'm still new here, so nearby. Spokane, Spokane, Washington. You've heard of Spokane? I think I might have heard about it. <laughs> it's the big city. So uh, uh, some of the uh, students at the school are challenging Whitworth over their relationship with Planned Parenthood. What? You can, so TCU, Texas Christian University, I brought this up maybe five shows ago. I remember that. You remember yeah. that? Yeah. Whitworth is doing the same thing. Whitworth lists Planned Parenthood as a community partner. Okay, here's, here's my first question. Are they getting money from the government? 
Oh, Whitworth. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. then, yeah. okay. Yeah. I thought you were, honestly, when you said my first question, I thought you were just going to say, what? <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that's my second one. <laughs> what? Uh, no, I mean, if they're getting money from the government, yeah. then they're, you know, look what they have to do. Follow the money trail. Y- yeah. They have to be, this is, remember how people got on the shameless? What was the, what was the criteria for people getting on the shameless? Private schools who were getting money from the government. Yeah. And, yeah. and then, and then rejecting, rejecting, opting out of title nine. Yeah. Right. I, I I guarantee you this has something to do with the fact that, hey, they're getting money from the government. Right. Right. And Planned Parenthood. Yeah. Right. The, the love of money is the root of all evil. Yeah. So, it says that somewhere. <laughs> well, <laughs> in this it's, ancient it's, book. It's almost. It's almost. Oh! <laughs> to, Toby's a theonomist. <laughs> Mom, Dad, I'm not Bible really. Believer. Mom, Dad, if you're listening, I'm not. Uh, but one of the reasons why I wanted to bring this on the show, because we have a lot of our listeners are in Idaho and Washington. And, yep. and some of them have even gone to Whitworth. I actually found out this article and texted some of my friends who I knew yeah. went to Whitworth. I was like, do something about this. Call Whitworth. Yeah. Get them out. So Planned Parenthood's listed as a community partner. They're even involved in like um, – uh, you can get um, a credit if you do an internship. You're with, kidding. With, uh, it's, it's the same you kind of get- Texas Christian University thing. Oh, um, at least Whitworth's not in Idaho. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't think that, I don't think that matters <laughs> to me. <laughs> I'm they're kidding. they're, they're a professing Christian now. Now they um are they Seventh Day Adventists? Is what were Seventh Day Adventists? I have no idea. No, I just I don't know. Others oh, just private kind of. I, I didn't even know where it was. So don't look at me. Evangelical. No, oh, I think it's PCUSA. I think. I think oh, now this PCUSA. all makes sense. Yeah. Oh, oh interesting. <laughs> oh, it doesn't matter. I didn't, anyway. I didn't know that it was actually a denominationally I, I, affiliated. Yeah. If it's PCUSA, they're not Christian anyway, so that yeah. doesn't even matter. Yeah. You can send your emails yeah. too. This makes sense. Yeah. Chocolate Knox. No, crosspolitics at gmail.com. Oh. <laughs> you know. It's okay. So there you go. Gave my answer. um, uh, So so, pretty much, don't send your kids there. Yeah, don't. But but people that have connections really ought to odds you. Talk to the administration. Get on them. Throw down. If you're alumni. So what are you doing? Yeah. Yeah. Why do you have this partnership with Planned Parenthood? I'm not partnering with this. Yep. Yeah. And giving credit. Oh wow. Yeah. All right. So related, uh, not really related to this, but the next, the next, the next funny thing here. This one really uh, got me a good chuckle. Um, uh, Tim Kaine, you know, vice. Potential vice president. I, I haven't been praying, paying Tim attention Kane. to the election. I've been praying You've for been him. You've been praying? Yeah. I've been praying for You've him. You've not been praying. <laughs> but not paying attention to him. Uh, this is where um, the evangelical church needs to take a note from the Catholic church. Okay? They need, need, they Whoa, need to watch this. hey, time out. Listen. Dude, if this is Reformation time, you would have been lynched right there. <laughs> no, I'm saying, I'm saying here's a good example <laughs> of okay, some, all right. some church polity being myself. applied. I'm bracing myself. Give it to me. I'm ready. The, the, his, his Catholic priest... Has banned him from communion. <laughs> okay. Yes, I'm in. I'm in. All right, I'm nice. In. I'm with it. Nice. All right. Go. All right. Go. Absolutely. Are and y'all then, listening? And then in a post on Twitter, Father Petri, hopefully I'm saying it right, Thomas Petri, um, uh, uh, tweeted out, "Do us both a favor. Don't show up in my communion line." <gasps> oh. <laughs> on Twitter, and he said, "I take Canon 915 seriously. It'd be embarrassing for you and me." Wow, that's some Luther <laughs> oh, stuff. That, that absolutely, that's right? like a ninety-five oh. thesis yeah. priest right there. Yeah, well, who are these yeah. Catholics? Don't don't bother. Which is a good example of I mean, how many how many evangelicals right, are in politics, and the evangelical church has not said one thing about their yeah. disastrous what they what they policies, vote for, what they what stand they vote for, for, yeah, all that stuff. Yeah, um, right. and wow. even even some of our 
silliness within our own evangelical church. I mean, think of, um, you know, Michelle Bakken has done some silly things yeah. in, in politics. I mean, you go down the list of some of the um, evangelical Christians that have said things, and the church just doesn't say anything. Right. Hey, Gabe, you know what? We actually happen to have uh, a pastor in the studio right now. What? Who? Pastor Toby! I, I'm just saying. So, I mean, so <laughs> I'm just wondering, let's say you have someone in your church who is in office yeah doing something ungodly yeah like uh you know i'll let you make that story up something that you feel like is at well, least grounds for it, church it, discipline okay yeah w- would you absolutely send a tweet oh <laughs> <laughs> we got him ladies I don't, got I, him no got him <laughs> I don't, well i don't know if i would send a tweet i don't know i don't know but i, I don't usually do church discipline over twitter <laughs> yeah yeah but 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 I don't know. I, I'm, I'm honestly not sure, but I wouldn't rule it out. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't rule well, it out. Okay, how about so this? How about this? He, he follows up. He, let me let me oh, okay. take this a little right. further. Petri, Father Petri, follows up with his tweet. He says, "Cain is identified as a Catholic, but he thinks abortion is fine and women should be priests." And then he says in his tweet, he says he's either poorly catechized or a dissenter. So Cain goes to your church. He's an evangelical Christian. Okay. And he holds those same. And views. he holds those same views. Yeah. Sitting under your uh, under your preaching, he's going to be pursued with church discipline. Absolutely, really? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And, and what? I mean, and, yeah, I, mean so, I would for, pursue, for what he believes. I mean, walk me through the I, process. I hope, I hope that this priest has pursued Cain personally. First of all, I would say right. so. He's and not just on Twitter. If he's his pastor, then he should pursue him personally, not just on Twitter. Twitter should be. I, I don't know. It feels like that should be the last resort. <laughs> Uh, hey, Paul wrote letters. But, but this it, is just a short letter. Well, yeah, no, well, I'm getting there actually <laughs> yeah, because, yeah, yeah. because I, I want to. That's why I said I, didn't, I don't want to rule it out. Right. Um. It 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 um. It seems like it's a little bit. Um. It's not heavy enough. I don't know. It doesn't seem like a serious enough medium right, for this kind of thing. Right. So that's my that's my concern. Okay. Um. I'd probably run it by my elders first. You know, this kind of thing. Right. Right. But you should pursue them first. Can I get lunch with you? Can I get coffee with you? Yeah. It's his job to make sure he is well catechized. Right. Now, right. I'm going to assume that Cain's been too busy to talk to his pastor. No, mm-hmm. no, no, I can't. I don't have time for that. Or you know what I think. Leave me alone. I'm busy, man. I'm, I'm busy, whatever. Talk to my, my, my lackeys. I got secretaries for Yeah, this. my secretaries, whatever it is. Call Johnny. But so at some point, you know, I would write him. I'd right. write him a letter. I, I, you know, personally, here are my concerns. This is what you said. This is how you voted. He's not responding to you. This is what the Bible says. This is what Jesus says. Yeah. This is what it means to have the name of Christ on you. This is what it, you know, and um, and again, assuming there's no response after a period of time, absolutely, you you say um, you'd go public. Yeah, with you, it, yeah. There would there would need yeah. to be. Um, he would need to know directly. You you are you are not living in a way that is uh, that becomes a follower of Christ. And and I think you know as a you know you might re- refer to your particular constitution your particular denominational standards whatever right um which we have in the in the the crec the communion of reformed evangelical churches and i would i would say yes um at at some point you say you're not living as a christian and for your own good um, you are barred from the table until you repent that's that's not the end of the 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 process either at some point we would probably actually have a formal it's our process and our polity to have a formal a public hearing yeah where he would have a right to respond to charges brought right. against him and could have so, w- witnesses, could have somebody represent him right, that right. says that we're wrong, that we're treating him un- in an unchristian way. And then there would, there would be a, a formal public hearing. And then at the, at, the, at the close of that, there would be a, a final formal verdict of you are outside 
Christ, mm. you're excommunicated. Yes. Um, and uh, explain what that means for his soul. So that means what? Well, in in First Corinthians, I think it's. Five. Five. I think it's he's talking. Uh, Paul's talking to the Corinthians about uh, the guy who's now living with his mother-in-law, his stepmom, mm-hmm. or something like yeah, that. Married. He got yeah. married. Yeah, or married. Or even, but yep. he's, he's um. Anyways, there's sexual immorality going. It's it's incestuous. It's it's mm-hmm. it's 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 messed up. And he says you need to deal with him. And he says he needs to be handed over to Satan. Mm. And and the but there's actually even there. It's it's so, so that um, perhaps he might be saved. Right, that he repents. Yeah, so they might be repent. So excommunication uh, in Matthew 18, that's the other passage to go to, where it says, go to your brother. If he sinned against you, if he doesn't listen to you, take two or three others. That's right. If he doesn't listen to those, bring it to the church. And if he doesn't listen to the church, then let him be to you as a sinner or tax collector. Which, which I take to mean someone who's then outside the fellowship of believers. He's he's to be be reckoned as an unbeliever that's parallel with handed over to Satan. But of course, if he's a tax collector and a sinner, that doesn't then mean you know you run away screaming if you see him on the street it, it, he's the kind of person that you need to reach out to with the gospel yeah the whole point of it is to say you have fallen into the kind of sin that it's that's damning yeah if, if you don't repent of this sin it's, it's taking you to hell uh, you're under the dominion of satan right now and and the, it's for the purpose of ultimately hoping that they'll come to their senses in the pigsty yeah and and come running back and we would be there to receive them but yeah absolutely we would if somebody is uh, promulgating and supporting the murder of children or uh, sexual immorality yeah. uh and and is is standing for that publicly then yes it would need to be they, they need to be called out on that yeah. confronted about it and ultimately that that church discipline would be a public thing that the church would need to know about for the good of the church so then answer this question for me would you also then say don't vote for this guy oh yeah yeah, absolutely. Now, how would um, if if someone had Ooh, acted, some if someone hasn't been elected yet, or let's say they got elected but haven't acted on those beliefs, how would you handle that situation? Well, right, I'm I'm pro-choice, and you know whatever. I, I, you know, how, how would you handle that well, situation? Well, if he's a leader, oh. and I think he's held to a standard already. Okay. Uh, he's a teacher. If he's leading people astray by saying it is a perfectly fine Christian thing to be pro-choice, yeah. to murder babies, uh-huh. uh, to be sexually confused, whatever it is. Uh-huh. If, it, if, he's, if, he's, if he's saying that out loud, uh-huh. um, and then he's leading people, and he's leading people astray. Yeah. And, that needs, and, 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 and teachers, leaders, yeah. are held to a higher standard. And so you'd put that in the category as, I'm a shepherd, I need to protect my sheep. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, I wish we had yeah. more pastors yeah. doing that. Yeah. You, you, and, and, and I would say also, um, it's, the process is important. Right. And so I would not do this like, you know, this would not be done in a weekend. Yeah. This would, right. this would probably not even be done in a month. Yeah. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm thinking here of months of calling this guy out, maybe even a period of time where it's even public. I'm, right. pu- I'm calling yeah. him out publicly. Um, maybe there's even a point at which he's suspended from the table. Right. You, you, right. Things are not right. Yeah. You give him ample opportunity. But, but to I'm repent. still going after him. I'm still chasing yeah. him. Yeah. And and maybe I even tweet him. You know, maybe yeah, I say, yeah. "Hey, man, let's meet. Let's yeah. talk." Do so, you get my yeah. email? So, yeah, so, so, <laughs> right. so that uh, both for yeah. him because I really mean it, but right. also because I want I want the people in the congregation and the people in the community and the people that are listening to him to know that his pastor is coming after him. Yeah. Right. And, and he and he needs to respond. He needs to deal with it. He needs to make it right. Yeah. So the point isn't just to like get him out. Right. And get him away. It's to it's to bring him to repentance. Right. And right. in the process, right. you take something like that as a pastor. And you're not just thinking about you. You're not just thinking about your church. You're not just thinking about him. Although all that applies, you're also thinking about the good of everybody watching. Amen. Amen. You want them to learn. Theonomist. 
<laughs> Jesus, I think I think you should never you should never squander a good controversy. Ooh. Right? <laughs> Pastors need to think that way. When there's when there's controversy, when you're being uh when you're being argued against, when you're being fought against, uh you know, we need to respond well. Yeah. We need to be faithful, we need to be gracious, we need to um correct people in gentleness, Paul says. Uh but we want to we, we we don't want to squander that opportunity to preach Jesus and call people back home. Amen. When we come back, <laughs> Joel McDermott, do a few little ear exercises to get yourself ready. Yeah. Some <laughs> bre- breathing exercises. Yeah. Crosspolitik.com. Canon Press is a publishing house located in Moscow, Idaho. Canon Press, we create and provide products that sketch a vision of the whole life, a whole culture, a life full of beauty, tradition, education, community, laughter, and celebration unashamed of Christ and sharply at odds with the values of modernity, a mature culture with the church at the center, living out the good life, one family at a time. We believe our book, audio, and visual selections reflect this exciting life that God has given us under the sun. As the wisest man said, go eat your bread with joy and drink your wine with a merry heart, for God has already accepted your works. Canonpress.com. For 21 years and counting, New St. Andrews College has sought to obey Christ's great commission to disciple nations and build Him a house, not just in Jerusalem, but throughout the world. Not with stones and mortar, but with living stones. We build and fight. This is the task of a Christian liberal arts college, to equip students with the tools to build and fight. And this is our joyful task as we seek to graduate leaders who shape culture through wise and victorious living. To learn more, check us out online at nsa.edu forward slash explore. Welcome back to Cross Politic. I'm here with the Chocolate Knox. Hey! And Gabriel. Yes. The Wrench. Yes. And our special guest today, Mr. Joel McDermott. The doctor. Doctor. Oh, doctor. Dr. Joel. I'm sorry. Uh, respect the DR, bro. Sorry. <laughs> University of Phoenix doctor. <laughs> oh, wow. Joel, don't let him talk about you like that. Joel, welcome to the show. Well, I'm not sure I feel welcome yet. Oh! <laughs> Joel, I love you, bro. I where, love you. Yeah. Where Where are you at? Where are we talking to you at? I'm in uh, Dallas, Georgia, which is about 20 miles west of Atlanta. All right. Mm-hmm. Gabe got really excited over here because you said Dallas. You said and Dallas, like, <laughs> and I was like, I'm from Dallas, <laughs> Texas. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's well, Maybe that's the tension. Is that is that is that happy for you, Gabe, or is that sort of a, like, is it is it kind of... I'm conf- I'm confused. You're just I'm confused. conflicted. So so Chuck, yeah. So, so kick this off. For those of you who don't know who Dr. Joel McDermott is, first of all, what's wrong with you? Uh, second of all, <laughs> <laughs> um, for me, Dr. Uh, McDermott wrote a book called Restoring America One County at a Time, and I read this book while I was working at American Vision. And when I read that book, it was the first book I've ever read where someone laid out the what what the system is that we have like for instance education they said hey here's education hmm. under a free america okay here's how we lost it and guess what there's actually a biblical way to go about getting it back okay and and joel mcdermott laid out 10 is it 10 chapters joel was it 10 chapters because you kind of it's probably longer yeah, than 10. that yeah but d- 10 different um chapters on 
education, welfare, localism, um, national versus state. And we're going to, I hope to go through most of these with Joel. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. But, right. but I've never heard anyone give such a biblical representation of how to get back a lot of the freedoms that we feel like we've lost. So, like, if people are, like, massively depressed. Right. Because, you know, I don't know if you heard it or not, but we're voting for a president here in yeah. the next and and, and you feel days. and you feel powerless right because you're like oh we got served up two plates of gruel gruel if that <laughs> that's, i don't know I think a dog's a, breakfast let's just call it that a dog's breakfast so but but so this is a book for people who say but i i care i care i want to do something i don't know even know if i should vote okay how can i engage regardless of who becomes president okay and so joel why don't you i, I think um I think the first thing to think about, Joe, that I want to think about is, regardless of who becomes president, as a Christian, how should I be looking at how to engage the culture right now? Well, one of the main kind of themes of the book is that we've just got the whole thing, Christians in general, have the whole thing backwards and upside down. We, we, look, we, we invest so much time and energy, and I mean almost to the level of idolatry, in Whoa. figuring out who the next president's going to be. I, I, I mean that. We're talking billions of dollars yeah. are spent on, an, on a presidential campaign. Uh, well, I should say billions. It was, I think it was roughly a billion last time. Probably going to approach that this year. Wow. Um, hmm. Tons of money poured into this TV, the TV ad time, the, the, the media uh, frenzy, the, just the, the stuff, the time that's poured into this. And Christian's... I mean, you've been on Facebook. People lose friends over this several <laughs> months because of the positions they take. And, oh, if you don't vote for this guy, you're not a Christian. And it's just Well, that's crazy. true, Joel. That's just true. And at the end of the day, <laughs> you've got all this, you've got all this uh, um, you know, energy and time poured into this. Yeah. When in reality, uh, then we can make so many cases against what that actually is going to change. When in reality, the, the things that you could actually change to make a difference are in your own home, in your own community. And if most people uh, had any idea how many millions of dollars are wasted in one session of their county commission over things they don't need, over crony capitalism, over things that we decry going on in Washington, right. and yet it's going on right in our own backyards, don't even know it. Those kind of things you can actually make an impact on if you wanted to. You, you, you think you can change Washington, but you can't. <laughs> but you can change things here. So like I said, we've got it completely backwards and on its head. Let me, let me go back just a little further um, past what you were just talking about, where um, you know, Donald Trump's slogan is, Make America Great Again. Yeah, I don't know what that means for me. So whatever that means. But, <laughs> but the Democrat Party comes around and says, we don't need to make America great again. It already is great. So... Um, some people want to say in all this, we don't need to restore America. Why would we need to restore America? Well, my book was written to the conservative Christians who have gotten this wrong. Now, I don't think I have much hope of reaching a liberal to begin with, so I don't waste my time. <laughs> but the conservative Christians, we've got common ground. You know, I should yeah. I should walk that back a little bit, too, because <laughs> You used to think you had common myself. ground. <laughs> There are areas there, even with liberals, that we can uh, make advances, but that's a, that's another fight we can talk about. Very limited. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. Well, <laughs> I love you, liberals. In areas dealing with 
Well, I'm doing a major project on this right now. Area is dealing with the history of racism in the nation, civil rights, criminal justice reform. Ooh. We have, I think, biblically, we have more overlap with liberals than we do with conservatives. Yeah. Oh. And. Yeah. Oh, ouch. And and certainly with libertarians. So there's there's area we can work together there. But on this issues that are in the book you'll find out that uh, it's mainly conservative Christians we're talking to. We're worried about, uh, you know, what our kids are taught, things of that nature. Mm -hmm. Um, Budgets, deficits, debts, uh, social values, family values, all of those things that conservatives are trying to take care of at the national level. That's completely antithetical to what you say you believe in when you talk about liberty and the values that founded this nation. So I talk to them and I say, ho, ho, back up a minute. You know, if if you are decrying Obamacare because you know it's socialism, let me let me back up and put it this way. I'll tell you the story. Um, a year or so ago, I was talking counseling with a guy who was running for a state office, and he 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 was influenced by several Christian friends of mine. He, he was a, a very good conservative guy and wanted to be kind of this ultra Tea Party type. So I sat down with him at dinner with a couple other guys, and I said, all right, let me ask you a question. If you were elected, would you support the total privatization of the public school system? And he started giving me the classic campaign political stuff. You know, it's, oh, I think education is so important, and (laughs) we need to take care of the children, and all this stuff went on and on and on. And when it was over with, I said, no, 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 back up. You didn't answer the question. Would you support the complete privatization of the public school system? And he says, oh, I, I could never do that. I, I mean, this, kids would fall through the cracks. How would we mm, take care right. of the poor? Right. Every, people would be left behind. And I said, I looked at him right now, and I said, congratulations. You just made the argument for Obamacare. Yeah, right. Wow. And the, right. coin, the coin dropped for him immediately. He said, so what do we do then? How do we take care of that? So I said, look, churches, private charities, private organizations can take up the slack better than the government can. So we talked about that. But that's the point. Conservatives will be the first ones to decry Obamacare because of socialism. But apply right, that right. to the local level where Christians are head over heels in trying to help their local school or help their local initiative or whatever they think is going to help locally. When it's government-funded and tax-funded, they think that's okay. Right. So that's where I go in the book. I said, okay, back up. Let's start with the principle what is the biblical principle that we need to talk about? Right. And that's why we have we begin with education because that's the thing everyone every Christian could change overnight. Yeah. You could you don't need legislation passed, you don't need to form a committee, you don't need critical mass that's right. in that's right. society, you don't need anything. You could make the decision tomorrow and the only thing that needs to change is your lifestyle. Right. You might go from a one income to a two income family. Or from I'm sorry, backwards. From a two income to a one income. Okay, let's let's get rid of some of the things we need. You need the extra big house? Do you need the extra fancy yes, cars? Do you yes. need the NFL Sunday <laughs> yeah, Joe, hey, time need, out. No, okay. no, 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 no. Don't take away my NFL package. Sunday ticket. I mean, now don't, yeah. don't shout me down when I'm preaching good, all right? <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> no, but here's, but the, 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 I think that's a real thing. When I have this conversation with my conservative friends, the question that I always seem to argue in, who's going to pick up the slack? Because if you start saying education becomes a parental um, focus, what about the, the single mothers out there 
that are working by themselves, and this is a real thing in my community, that are trying to provide for their family and they have no child care. I'm talking about my sister right now, yeah. right? Yeah. She is in a situation where she's forced to send her children to a government school because there is no support for her. And so what you're talking about is removing the support for her to be able um, for her family to survive. If you're saying, hey, you got to take them out of there. What's she supposed to do with them? Well, it, it does seem that way, but it's not removing a support. It's removing a government funded support. OK, mm. it's the churches that should be picking up the slack here. Uh. That woman, whoever she's associated with, there should be a church or even a private secular organization funded by charity. You know, we, we do this in virtually every other area. Tsunami relief earthquake relief and natural disasters if it's any kind of thing in society that requires a donation americans more than anybody in history pour out the money like crazy right bill clinton's right? foundation has been great took, for that if you took you know red cross whatever go go for it if you took the government supports out of education left it to families left it to churches what little bit there was left that didn't get covered by those means could be covered privately, and I'm sh and I have no doubt people would fund it without without question. Right, and all of and, and, and it would and praise God, it would take care. It would displace hopefully some of these dubious ministries that raise money for jack squat that they <laughs> promise they'll do and don't do. Well, I I think to like add the national like the national right to life, you know, mm. like these other ministries that promise great grandiose things, and never, ever, ever deliver after raising millions of dollars all the fraudulent seminaries that train these panty-waist scientists <laughs> that Amen. raise billions of dollars. Preach, preacher! <laughs> uh, we're, we're, we're talking about, about major Baptist seminaries. We're talking about Master's College. Millions upon millions, even billions <laughs> of dollars have been raised for these places. They have produced nothing right. of value for society whatsoever. Uh. All of that money could be channeled into useful purposes. So I have a grander vision, and it involves the kind of reform that not just takes a little bit of vision to have, but but really it makes most pietist Christians uncomfortable yeah. because they, they don't want to <laughs> quit supporting you know, Billy Graham or quit supporting this other guy who's out there, quote-unquote, saving souls, right. when in reality they should be educating kids, uh, fighting for criminal justice reform, helping the minorities among them, uh, and a whole whole host of other issues that James tells us is what true religion is. Mm. <laughs> you know, right. mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. this is true religion, yeah. and we don't do it. We, go we, go we do, do it, the right. So, well, so yeah, people, people would not fall through the cracks if the church was doing its job. That's the bottom line. Ugh. I think, uh, you know, kind of related to what you were talking about, I've often, um, in, in discussions around this issue, um, just kind of ran the, the idea by and said, imagine if there were no government regulations on your local public school. How, how free would your superintendent feel to make decisions? How free would your teachers feel? How much more excited about the classroom would they become? Imagine having bathrooms where boys go to boys' bathroom and girls go to girls' bathroom. Yeah, even that's crazy. <laughs> that's crazy. Why would you do you that? Know, like, okay, so yeah. so Joe, I think so. With education, ultimately, you know, you start there because you feel that's the beginning stepping stone that we as Christians can say, hey, we can have authority in this area right now at this moment. To make an impact exactly. in our culture, what kind of impact does that make ultimately? Because it just seems like we're throwing a pebble into this huge ocean. 
Yeah, of course. Well, you're talking about how many Christians are there in society, and then when particular areas, like in my area, this this area is dominated by Southern Baptists and Charismatics, and if every one of those families, or at least 80% of them, had their kids at home, teaching them from a Christian worldview curriculum uh, in their education, I think that would make a whole lot of difference, don't you? I mean, in and and obviously, then you start to have to answer questions: Why? Why are we going to homeschool now? Why aren't we going to public school? Well, because we don't believe in this. We don't believe in that. We don't believe in government funded this. In uh, all these questions, and the side benefit to all this. Another. This is another hallelujah moment, by the way. The side I'm, getting, I'm ready. This is, <laughs> the side benefit is that the parents get educated on worldview too. Okay. Yeah, yeah that's they, right. They've been droning on about making a living at their nine-to-five job while they send their kids to public education, and neither one of them have a Christian worldview. At least when you start homeschooling, the parents also have to learn the stuff so they can teach their kids, at least to a certain level. So this is a side benefit, and I think that would have a tremendous impact on society. And when people say, hey, why are we homeschooling because we don't believe in publicly funded education and the property tax that goes to fund it? Well, wait a minute. If that's wrong, then maybe property tax for police and fires is maybe not still right either. (laughs) Maybe people start putting two and two together, and once you get over that initial step with just a little boldness, you begin to ask all all kinds of questions. And then you get a few adventurous souls in any any county anywhere that starts digging up the data on how much money actually goes into your local police and fire, how much, and and teachers, how much... (laughs) This is the question that's always hidden in the data. How much unfunded liabilities are in there in the pension programs? Yeah, I looked mine up the other day. It was tens of millions. There are tens of millions that we've promised to retired teachers that we don't have yet. Where are we going to get it? Nobody knows. This is an impending crisis across the country. Joe, we'll find somebody nobody to rob. About we'll, it. <laughs> we'll find somebody because to rob. Nobody's asking these <laughs> fundamental questions. Yeah. So, well, and, and you know, mm. go ahead. No, no. Yeah. I was going to say, you know, it's a huge problem, and that kind of huge problem is just sitting there waiting to be addressed when Christians start doing their job and churches start doing their job in these areas. So will it impact society? I have no doubt it will impact society in tremendous ways. Let me ask a very practical question here. You're talking about a lot of people's lives and how they make their income and provide for their family, right? Teachers. Um, changing, changing the way they get paid, or maybe losing their jobs, all sure. that, all that. How, how do we um, make some of these transitions while taking their families and their lives into account? Also, well, I, I think it comes along in different degrees, if, if, uh, and depending on who you're dealing with. For the Christian person who's making this transition for themselves, obviously, the bottom line is there's going to be some sacrifice, probably. You know, there oh, is yeah. for me. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, and there's financial school, sacrifice whatever. there. Yep. yep. So, you know, now if you're talking about the people whose lives are affected because they're employed in the system, um, I have greater and lesser degrees of sympathy for some of those people. <laughs> for for the <laughs> for the for the really earnest for the really earnest Christian who, in my opinion, would be naive, but they had perfectly good intentions. They went into the system wanting to make a difference to help children, That's right. to educate them. Okay. And okay. What do you do with this person? Well, I think if that person is that pure of heart, when they learn the truth, 
you know, they're going to be amenable to making sacrifices themselves to get out of it. I know this is true with people I've dealt with in police departments, in the standing army, in, in a variety of areas, that when they learn the truth, they're like, okay, this is going to impinge upon me, but I'm ready to make the sacrifice and make a transition. The people, the person who says, wait a minute, this is my livelihood. I've invested in this. I'm, I'm entitled to my pension. I, uh, you know, this person who's got this attitude that's right next to a liberal, that person I feel less sorry for because they don't want to learn the truth. Yeah. They're not willing to sacrifice to do what the Bible says. That person is becoming, you know, closer to obstinate. And that person, in my opinion, deserves less sympathy. So I'm, I'm less willing to work with that person and less concerned when they fall and don't have a support. That yeah. sounds cold, but that's the bottom line. At some point, you have to draw lines for people who want to be obstinate and feel like they're entitled to your the, the money that your property Some, is worth. Somebody you get know? Joe some hot cocoa. Warm that dude up a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Joe, uh, what what do you say to somebody who who hears this kind of thing and and says this is this is you pulling out of the culture. This is you pulling out of your community. This is you pulling out, doing your own thing. Separation. Yeah, you're 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 doing. Yeah. You're just thinking about yourself and your family, but you're not thinking about your neighbors. You're not thinking about the people around you. Um, how do you answer that concern? Uh, well, I hear two concerns there. The first one is that I'm not concerned with my neighbors. The other one is that I'm withdrawing from the culture. Uh, well, I think I've already addressed the with concern for my neighbors issue with, with saying. Nobody would fall through the cracks if the church was doing its job, okay, and the private charities were doing their job. Uh, so I'm just as concerned about my neighbors as the public schools are, but in fact, I'm less, I'm more concerned with them because I don't want the government taking their property tax money either. Right. I want them to keep it and invest it the way they think they should. What about withdrawing from culture? I, I think it's just the opposite. You know, sometimes the Christian faith looks at the culture and it says, you get in there and get your hands dirty and get involved. In other cases, the Christian culture says, you know, you cannot partake of that, so you have to go form a Christian alternative to it. You know, think of Nazi Germany, for example. If I would have said, you know what, I'm not going to participate in this thing of herding Jews to the concentration camps and into the gas chambers, I'm not going to participate in that, and somebody could say, well, you're withdrawing from the culture. Yeah. You know, obviously a Christian can see the difference there. When you look at something like uh, property taxation and public public services as uh, sinful, in my opinion, for a Christian to be involved in, then you can have the same attitude and, and not feel guilty that you're withdrawing from the culture. No, I'm, I'm, I'm involved in the culture. I'm trying to create a better culture than the one that's there. Wait, wait, so what did you say you thought was sinful? I didn't quite catch that. I believe that property taxation is sinful, and I believe that in, it, this is my conscience, okay? I don't want to engage in any activity such as enrolling in public schools that's funded by that, because I believe that's sinful. It's based on stolen money, in my opinion. Hmm. Now, there are some things I don't have a choice with. You right, know, if right. I get involved in a car accident and have to call the police, yes, that's tax-funded, but I don't have any other choice. You know, other than to suffer complete loss there. But even there, that doesn't always work. So, Unless we you know, have a localized uh, police force. Yeah. <laughs> now, now the, the common reply to this, Joel, is now we're getting into the, the discussion on taxation, which is, I think, what, Chapter 5 or something like that. But um, yes. So are you saying you don't believe in any form of taxation? 
ultimately, no. I don't believe in any form of taxation. And this show is over. All right. <laughs> you can write your, write your letters to <laughs> Joe McDermott. <laughs> hey, but you know what, though? I like that world, though. I ain't going to lie. <laughs> but, but you're also saying in the same way you wouldn't believe in, let's say, forced tithing. You wouldn't believe in forced Absolutely taxation. Absolutely not. No. Right? And let me just qualify that. Yeah. You know, the Scripture is very clear to render under Caesar what is Caesar's. Paul's very clear in Romans 13, pay tribute to whom tribute is due. Um, obviously, I pay my taxes. <laughs> you know, Obviously, because of those things, I believe that when you're living under a tyranny and taxation is imposed on you, that you submit to that. Mm-hmm. But ideally, in a biblical society, you, you go back to Old Testament law, there is no taxation whatsoever. There is one minor law that some of us argue over whether it's a tax or not. It's the it's the ransom payment for men who are enlisted in the army. It's the it's same for everybody. It's a half-shekel payment goes to the temple. I don't believe that was a tax. It certainly wasn't a civil tax in the way we look at property taxation mm-hmm. or sales tax or income tax or any of those things. Mm-hmm. There was the tithe, obviously, but the tithe was never enforced by the state. Right. You know, That's it right. may have been enforced over time by God, but if you didn't pay you suffered in various ways, but it was not enforced by the right, state. Right, but that, so I don't, and that I wasn't the, that wasn't a human model. That wasn't a human enforcement either. Even by is uh, tithe was not a human enforcement. It was a, a you just are going to face God's natural judgment in your life if you aren't faithful. Right, right. Well, yeah, all right, it wasn't all right, enforced hold on, by the hold state. On. Wait, 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 wait one second, even... Joe. I'm going to let you finish, but uh, Ron Paul got the best taxation plan of all time. We got to take a break here. <laughs> when we come back, woo. <laughs> We're going to talk about some taxes. To tax or to not to tax. Dr. Joel McDermott. Crosspolitics.com. You know it. Woo! Joel, we in trouble! Welcome to the One Minute Apologist. Apologist. If you had one minute to be able to unpack... For the audience, we interview the world's leading apologists to provide credible answers to curious questions. Dr. Geisler, do all religions lead to God? All religions don't lead to God for one simple reason. They teach opposite things and opposites can't be true. Uh, Muhammad taught that there's only one person in God and Christianity says there's three persons in God. They can't both be true. You know, the Bhagavad Gita can't be the Word of God in the Bible, the Word of God. They teach opposite uh, beliefs. And the Book of Mormon can't be the Word of God and the Bible, the Word of God, because they have opposite beliefs. There's only one God, not many uh, gods. So if they all taught the same thing, uh, one, they'd be one religion, but the fact that they teach opposites, there are many religions, and opposites can't both be true. And they're on essential doctrines, not just uh, trivial little things. How do you tell a counterfeit? You tell a counterfeit not by its superficial similarities, but by its crucial differences. You don't tell a counterfeit $20 bill because you say it's 20, it's on paper, it's rectangular. Uh, it has some crucial differences than a, a real $20 bill. So we tell counterfeits not by superficial similarities, but by crucial differences. Superficial to say, we believe in God, we believe in Jesus. Yeah, which Jesus, which God? Crucial differences are their opposite beliefs about God. All 
All right. Welcome back to Cross Politic. We're all in chains over here. The it's, government done sabot- got in here and sabotaged us. We're here with uh, Dr. <laughs> Joe Robin Hood. <laughs> <laughs> he says, no taxation. Somebody come bail out Cross Politic. <laughs> the government got us. All right. So so you, you were just saying you had a back and forth with Douglas Wilson about this. Um I missed it. I don't. I don't know about this, but um, I'm. I'm about to have a back and forth. <laughs> uh, I, no, I'm. I'm. Uh, I'm really curious. So you know, my immediate thought is, I, I've. I've not read you on this, so I'm. I'm. I'm totally speaking. I'm just. I'm a voice in the crowd. I'm. I'm. Imagine me as one of the listeners here, but I immediately think of somebody like King Saul. You know, he's a king. Uh, yeah, he wasn't the. He, they were. They weren't supposed to ask for a king that way, uh, but. He's he's gonna come. One of the warnings is, you know, he might tax you up to ten percent. Right. Um, you know, it's it's a obviously it's a it's a well, it's a mixed scene there. But I got you. I got you. Nevertheless, um, isn't there some intimation that uh, the political ruler has the right to tax at least a, a, a reasonable amount? We might argue about what that might be, but isn't that whoa an whoa, whoa 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 whoa? All right, that's right. First of all. <laughs> Whoa. The first word was the first word I halted at was might. It was not he might tax you, it was he will tax you. That's part of the and judgment. That was of it. considered judgment. Yeah. And and the second word I really halted at was he has the right to do so. Well, only because they invited him to do so. Um the I, and and again, this is what I said. When you're living under a tyranny, which is what King Saul was. You know, that passage in 1 Samuel 8 was God saying all right, if you don't want me to rule over you, that is, if you don't want the ideal society, you can have your king, but here's the manner of the king that's going to be. And he outlines all these things. You're going to have a military-industrial complex. You're going to have civil service. You're going to have taxation up to, and get this, taxation up to the ungodly amount of 10%. Right. Yeah, I know. <laughs> right. No, uh, that's crazy. I, I, agree, I agree with that. This and, was Terry. Yeah. But, so, okay, so but, this is what's going to come, and did he have the right to do that? I say, okay, maybe you can say he had the right because they invited it, but it was God's judgment upon them for rejecting the ideal society. My argument is, yes, if you live under a tyranny like that, you're obligated to pay the taxes, I pay mine. But the ideal society outlined under biblical law does not have taxation in it, and a virtuous society would not be paying taxes. They would be giving for those causes privately, voluntarily. But isn't it isn't it a voluntary thing for us, a city, uh, to have a vote and say, we want to pay for our police department, and we're going to decide to tax ourselves <laughs> at a certain percentage and pay for the police? Where was that meeting at? I wasn't invited to that meeting. <laughs> yes, you were. I, yeah, I want to say that's... Uh... I want to go to that meeting. <laughs> you're invited when you're covered in our fathers. <laughs> you're repre- voted on it. You voted. You're represented. You voted representative. Oh, that's, uh, d- d- isn't judgment. That, isn't that? Isn't that what's happening when a when a city votes and says, "Yeah, we're going to have this this rate of property tax to pay for these uh, these common goods." Give us a king. Yeah, I wrote a book called. Uh, aside from the book we're discussing, I wrote another book called Biblical Logic, and it discusses the fallacy of reification, of treating an abstract thing like a concrete thing, which is to say, we, us, our city voted for this. All right. Yeah, I didn't get invited to that meeting. Here's the thing: just because a city. People in a city, a majority, 
and I talk about this in the book, by the way, especially on local referendums, look at the voter turnout on, on one of these things. Like my county is about to vote this fall on a $77 million bond issue to buy a new jail, a shiny new flashy state-of-the-art prison with firing ranges and training facilities and all this stuff. More, slavery. Like, more slavery system. But a more comfort slavery yeah. system, though. Cable, with cable television. So, Thank you. So HBO. we're going to vote for this, right? And Of course, this is going to be on a national ballot, so there will be a pretty good turnout. But normally, when it's not a national election, I look at these and I see – Maybe a handful, maybe 3,000 people will turn out on a vote like that for a local issue. Wow. There are 130,000 people in this county, which is a small county, by the way. 130,000 people here. 3,000 people. You look at the vote, it's no 53%, 47%. That means a tiny majority of a couple hundred people at the most. 1,800 but, versus 1,200 well, passes or something like that. But, but isn't, exactly. isn't, isn't that Decided our... Decided that everybody else should be taxed. It, so this is not... You, the question was, is this, isn't this voluntary? Well, no, this is not voluntary. But you volunteered not whole, to vote. They volunteer not to vote. I mean, it, don't volunteering they, not to vote is not the same thing as volunteering to consent to pay taxes. I mean, the, the voluntary is on the issue of taxes. You know, do do I get a chance not to pay taxes, not to pay property but, taxes? Do I get, get a chance that, not hey guys, to pay income taxes? Hey, guys, because that, a decision that was made in 1913 that had nothing to do with me or anybody that's living today. Well, hey, hold on, Joe. Let, let's take a vote real quick on okay. whether or not we should split Toby's house in half. <laughs> now, you don't have to show up, Toby, but we're going to decide for you. <laughs> It's not the same thing. Oh, oh, it's not the same thing. Oh, okay, pass. Okay, no, no, I, I, no, no, I, I'm no. willing to accept that. When I talk that. about a voluntary society, I'm talking about the initiative of the individual within that society, not a 50-50 vote, which eventually just reduces some form of mob rule oh, okay, but, or even less. But, Joel, here, here's the thing, though. I, I think I, I feel you on one, one sense, and I understand that, but, man, we are far removed. I mean, far removed from what you're talking about. And the truth is we, ha- we have taxation. We are having those kind You're of correct. votes. So regardless of, of... And this is why I have stressed multiple times that this is an ideal society according to biblical law. That's why also my book is laid out, the one you're talking about, yeah. is laid out as to what does a biblical society look like? How did we once have it? How did we lose it? How yeah. did we get away from it? To get in the mess that we're in now, where we have all these taxes... And what can we do to get it back? Now that, let's talk about okay, that part. So, yeah, let's talk about the last let's, part. Let's, yeah. How do we, with being so far removed from this, right now people are hearing you talk and they're thinking you are crazy. You're, no taxes? You're backwoods, Georgia. No taxes? Well, you're from planet so, Lepton. <laughs> <laughs> so get it back for us. Tell us how, if, if this is possible, how in scripture are we to look at this and say, how do we get back to a society if, that's, if you're okay. certain that we should have no taxes? How do we even get there? And again, go back to the book. The very first introduction says, you know, there are four aspects about this book. First one, it's it's practical. Okay, I'm going to talk about real things you can do. But it's locally focused. We're not going to get tied up in national elections. We're going to talk about things we can actually change. Right. All right? It's serious. It's going to demand sacrifice from you. If you really want to change, it's going to be sacrifice on your part. And fourthly, this is a multi-generational vision. Okay, You're not going to have – like you said, we're a long way away from this standard. I'm trying to tell you what the Bible teaches about these things and what you should envision for your grandchildren's generation. And, and the steps that we take are baby steps toward that. So, I mean, just at this point, you said people listening to me think I'm crazy. 
that's the first step is just having awareness and understanding of what the Bible teaches on these things. Mm. Yeah. So get the message out and educate people and start having people go through that process of, oh, if public education is wrong with him, what about publicly funded this and that? Then you know, it starts the ball rolling. Get educated <clears throat> and then say, okay, well, okay, I don't want, I, I agree with that. I don't want, therefore, since I agree, I don't want to be involved in anything where I'm taking money from publicly funded treasuries or whatever. Oh, I'm not going to, I'm not going to be enrolled by the public school system. I'm not going to be enrolled by police and fire. I don't have to be, I'm not going to be employed in this or that. Uh, I work for a construction company, maybe that gets 80% of its contracts from public budgets. I'm going to quit that if I can, Mm. you know, there's, there's a, you start going down the road of how am I complicit in this, in this problem, so we and how can I repair it myself? So are you saying I can't go to the library anymore? <laughs> I, I write half my books these days after visiting Emory University's library. Uh, we pay a hundred bucks a year for lending privileges. Okay, yeah. perfectly. <laughs> okay, it's not a big deal. <laughs> there are ways around these little problems that we have. And besides, most of the stuff in your public library is junk anyway. Go read some good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I, I just, uh, go, I'm sorry, Daddy. No, no, go, go, go. <laughs> I, I'm, just, I'm just pulling out my hair. <laughs> Whatever hair you have left, you just pull it out. I'm pulling it out. I'm pulling out my beard I, now. I think there's a reason, though, Joe. Like, we jumped straight to, to chapter five, but I think there's a reason yeah. why you have this in this order. The chapters are labeled this yeah. order for a reason. Uh, you start with education, and your second one is welfare. You move on to the uh, third chapter is localism. The fourth chapter is na- national versus state. And I think it's designed that way for a reason, right? Yeah, more or less, I laid those chapters out by what is easiest for us to accomplish mm. now. Yeah. So let's talk, now about the, let's talk about the welfare. Well, and, and also, too, I think one of the things that I noticed is that by the time we talk about welfare, localism, and national versus state, by the time we get to taxes, it kind of works itself out in, in the way that you talk about this in your worldview. Yeah, they start, they start overlapping, and they're in those orders. They're in their places for different reasons. Obviously, you're not going to change the governor of your state and make a huge impact, but you, I've got guys that are working in organizations, for example, on gun rights and things like that, that are making a tremendous impact on the state level and the state's rights issues. The people like at the 10th Amendment Center, and uh, other people and issues like that that are working on state-level issues, issues of nullification. My friend Matt Trujillo doing some amazing He's stuff, the beast. abortion yeah. issue, all at the state level. And you don't need to be changing the, you know, the, the seating arrangement in your state house or changing your governor or attorney general and stuff like that. There are things you can actually accomplish if you just stand up as a small Christian organization. So, the, uh, you asked about welfare. Yes. Real quick, let me, let me answer the welfare question. Um, Obviously, you're not going to change Social Security overnight, but you can start planning for your own future. It's not going to exist. You can start uh, teaching your children this is not going to exist in your lifetime. You can you can switch to Christian alternatives to health insurance, which are private uh, health sharing agencies like Samaritan Ministries. Right. There are areas where you can get out of the system right now without much trouble at all. So uh, in all of these areas, there are at least a few things you can do, if not many and probably many more I haven't thought about in the book. The, the, one of the points of the book is to leverage the power of decentralization. I mean, I'm not the only smart guy in the world. There are other people, when they get on board with this out there, 
start figuring out, oh, you can do this and this and this and this and go way beyond anything I've outlined. So the point is to start educating yourself and start thinking through the processes yourself. So if you're if you're in a, a church in a local community and you're working with the poor of your community, the orphans, the widows, the you know the James real religion stuff, how do you encourage yeah. how do you encourage like a local deacon board? How do you encourage um, you know a, the local church to think about? Um, we know um, that you know the, the the welfare exists because we failed. What what do they what do you encourage them to begin doing? Yeah, and that's important is the the preaching of the message. We failed, but you can't stop with the discouragement. You got to have the encouragement. Uh, I'll give an example. Um, my own church in Alabama. Uh, just off the state line over here. A um, few years ago, one of our family, or one of our church members, was nailed by a massive tornado. Uh, completely destroyed their home. They they came up out of their basement for safety, and he said, "I got to the bottom of the stairs, and I looked up, and I saw the sky." Wow! And literally just ripped his house completely off its foundation. It was gone. And it did that to a whole section. Uh, the church itself and several other churches were connected with, people were connected with, an outpouring of help for this family. From the ground up, they rebuilt their house. From the pine trees around them that had been ripped apart, they rebuilt the house uh, and and fed and clothed and mattresses and everything else that were destroyed. Anything you can imagine was destroyed. The church donated it to their own people. Wow. Such that when FEMA showed up on their property and said, here, sign up for our aid, they looked at FEMA. They looked at the federal government in the eye and said, "No, thank you." Oh, I just got you know, goosebumps. People were astonished. The church took care of us. Walked off. Amen. Wow. Okay. So, what would I say to a deacon board? I would say, look, look for ways to help people within your own church to begin with. I mean, every one of these churches, especially in rural areas, has got men that are unemployed. They've got women, widows, and orphans, uh, in you know, of, of different degrees. So there are ways you can help there to begin with, and uh, again, it goes to spreading the vision. Every church has also got its wealthy members, that they should be pouring money into the church for the purposes of helping those people, but instead the state takes over and we just relegate it to the state. So it starts with changing your vision, then it starts with looking within your own church, and then say you have a church full of wealthy people and there aren't that many needs within the church, branch out to the community. Start a, you know, start a where, where you guys live. Start a, a warm coats ministry for inner city kids, you know, something like that. There's, right, there's a right. thousand ways you can reach out and help the poor. Yeah. So just just get a vision for it and start doing it. Is what I would encourage a deacon board, and then start preaching about it. <laughs> start preaching about this stuff. You know, we've have we not got enough sermons on justification by faith alone? Oh, that, that, Do we oh, not have whoa, enough sermons? Hey. Uh-oh. Why you going to get us in trouble, Joe? Hey. <laughs> Come on, man. Come on. Do we not have enough sermons on the five solas and the five points of Calvinism well, and, you know, what else? Uh, how to go to heaven? What Have we not got enough sermons on those things that if someone asks, we can point them to a recorded sermon and then on Sunday preach about how the doctrine of jubilee might apply today or how the doctrines of uh of uh, lending to your poor brethren might apply today you know there were wars fought over this stuff during the reformation and nobody remembers it 
It's That's crazy true. that we don't even preach at all on it today. Well, I think this is one of the accusa- accusations that get tossed at people like you. Is what you just did was you just threw out the whole gospel, Joel. Justification by <laughs> faith alone. You know, yeah. uh, the gospel is gone. All you care about now is social issues, politics. That's your only focus. Cr- you have no cr- gospel centeredness, no Christ. Cranky theonomist. Cranky theonomist, no Jesus. We ha- This whole time we've been talking, you haven't said anything about the gospel, nothing about Jesus. Well, at, at that point, you know they're scraping the bottom of the barrel of objections. <laughs> you know, I didn't say let's get rid of Sola Fide. I said we, we only have 10,000 sermons on it that are on sermon audio, so why don't you go listen to one of those? We've got enough of that, okay? We've got that message down. We, we've got enough books written on that. Uh, you know, if if Calvin's Institutes didn't do it for you, you know, one one more book by John MacArthur is not going to do it for you. It doesn't matter. The stuff's been written. <laughs> oh, man. I was trying. Okay, to, I was, okay. And, and, and I'm going to save. I'm going to save Joel. I'm going to save Joel. Toby's getting in. I'm going to save Joel. No, no, no. Uh, I, I mean, I, I get, I get what Joel's saying. I, I get what you're saying. I think at the same time, uh, at the same time, all of this really is connected to Jesus. Uh, it, it is connected no to who? Who is our Savior? Is our Savior going to be the federal government? Oh. Or is our Savior going to be Jesus? Is our is our Savior going to be what happens in Washington D.C.? Or is it going to be Christ and Him crucified and that being worked out in the churches wherever they are? Am I right? Uh, you're absolutely right. We we talk about Christ and our Savior and all of that, and we forget that we are the body of Christ uh, on earth to carry out the works of Christ. I mean, that's exactly what Paul says. We always quote Ephesians 5, 9, for grace, by grace you're saved through faith, not of works, lest any man should boast. And we never quote verse 10. It says, for your, you know, his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works. Yeah. So yeah. you're not saved by good works, but you're saved for good works, and we always leave that part off. Well, you know, I heard someone the other day teaching this, this story about, oh, he was a, a Christian who talks about investment. Hey, all this room full of Christian business guys, and he says, you know, how, how much of your life, I'm going to draw a line on this board and make me a mark on there where, where the, your life compares to eternity. You know, and this guy said, well, you know, the, there's not enough room for eternity. Eternity's everything. And the guy said, right, so why do you worry so much about this life? Why do you put so much concern in your investments and whatnot? And I thought, this guy's an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> this guy. In, in this a Christian guy love just, kind of way. <laughs> this guy has just thrown off so much of the Bible, again, that back to that James passage, right. of course eternity is everything, but he's given us, he, you know, God didn't give us a blueprint for how to live in heaven. He didn't give us right. rules and laws and commandments and principles uh, about how to live in heaven. He gave us those things to how to live with each other here on earth in society. So, you know, the giving to the poor, all that stuff. And you know, you know why why the liberals keep winning in societies because they're the ones that do this stuff. Of course they do it in a in a in the wrong way. It's an apostate and tyrannical way. Yeah. But, but they, they get do it. it. They get and it. And so the leftist theologians like Ronald Sider and Jim Wallace, those guys are incessantly quoting the passages as they take care of the poor, help mm-hmm. the needy, mm-hmm. all this kind of stuff. And and they are right. And we, we counter them by saying, oh, well, the government shouldn't be the ones doing it. But then we don't do it in any way, shape, or form. It's the same problem I'm encountering now in depth in the history of slavery and race in America. The, the, the entire church, 
most of it, north and south, was saying, this is not our issue to get involved in. Right. In the south, they were saying, it's okay, the Bible condones it. And, and instead of being out in front of the issue, they left it to the radical abolitionists, who in many cases were leftists and quasi-communists, right. Yep. Right. Yep. to be the one that settled the issue. And in doing so, they brought judgment down upon their own heads. Mm. We're doing the same thing today, in my opinion, when we neglect these matters of the law in Christian life. It, we are we're inviting God's judgment on our society, and the Obamas and the Clintons keep gaining in the polls because of that. And we think we're going to go stump for Trump and turn the tide. No, you got to go back <laughs> to your church and your home. Joe. Joel, uh, that's what's going to turn the tide. Get, give us, give us just a really short plug on this. I want to hear. So, what do you tell Christians? They they care about the racial problems in America. Yeah. What are you telling them? How how do how do you get out in front of it? Well, well, I, at this point, I'm not even ruling out a biblical version of a reparations issue. I, I really have thought about this quite a bit recently. Uh, hey, I'm listening. <laughs> I'm listening. You got, you, you got my attention. How, how much? What we get? Should we vote on it? it, it Let's it, vote it, on it. Let's vote on it. it. <laughs> oh, oh, sorry, sorry. That's rich, finish. I, well, I mean, that's where I'm at. That's where it's going to end up. I think. Uh, but but it really starts with just having a wholesale change of attitude. And I'm afraid that from, from what I can tell that we're not there yet. We still we still find ways to cover over our racism with political sounding language like law and order and things of that nature. Right, and right. um uh, like I said, I'm well, in the I'm middle only of one saying amen. It'll be next year before thoughts. the book comes out. So yeah. I I don't I don't know Have exactly you... what my conclusions are all going to be, but that's the direction I'm looking. I mean, if you if you defrauded somebody under Old Testament law, you paid you paid restitution, okay? Yeah. When the Civil War was over, the government promised most of the rural blacks in the South 40 acres and a mule. They never got it. They never got it. Joel, they were where's your mule? In a justice system that was stacked <laughs> against them. So, Joel, you know I, so what? So you're saying I owe Chuck Knox a mule? Look, Joel, no, no. I'm going to tell you. <laughs> Just hand over your white card right now. Just hand it over. All your white friends going to leave you. And it's okay. No. It's okay. I, I'll give you a black card for that one. Just, just come on over well, to the city. You know, white supremacists have already told me that. So, I mean. Uh, <laughs> have, you, have you read any I've of. I've already been told. Have you read any of uh, Ta-Nehisi Coates? No, I don't think he's so. A, he's a writer for the Atlantic Monthly. He's been writing a little bit on this whole issue, and I believe yeah. he's somebody in, in you know currently writing about. Uh, I, I think. Oh, I think he's, you know what? He, Is he, he the guy that did the really long essay on the the case for reparations? I'm pretty sure he he's right. He writes for the Atlantic Monthly, and he's been writing about the case for reparations. I don't know if it's the same article you're thinking of, but Ta Nahasi Coates. It's, it was, a, it's a kind of funny spelling. Yeah, but, I think that. I don't remember the name off the top of my head, but I think I read one of his articles. Very long. It dealt with a lot of the real estate yeah. corruption in Chicago and whatnot. Yeah, I mean, all of that stuff. All of that stuff. And not to mention the criminal justice system from... And you know what? The, the key figure that started me on this was I actually sat down and read Dabney. Huh. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's all I've heard for so so long. Read Dabney. And I, and I sat down and read Dabney, and it was stomach-turning huh. in places. Wow. Yeah. And, at, and at the end of one of his essays... He comes out and says, of course, this is long after the war is over. He comes out and says, you know what? Let them, let them pass suffrage for the Negro. Let, let, let them give blacks the vote finally. He said, we'll turn around. And he's threatening this in a, you know, a public essay. We'll turn around and we'll pass, uh, you know, 
tests and poll taxes, and we'll put every obstacle in their way to make it practically impossible for them to do something. Wow. Here's the Southern oh! Presbyterian yeah. Church. Right. Yeah. Right. Here's the Southern Presbyterian Church dreaming up Jim Crow before it happened. Right. Wow. Yep. Wow. Yeah. yeah. No, D- Dabney had a real blind spot um, uh, in that. It was I mean, it's a pretty bad blind spot. So, yeah. That was a, and, and that was a blind eye, canyon. Yeah. <laughs> it was a blind <laughs> canyon. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey. Joel, We're going to have to wrap this up. Dr. Joel McDermott. <laughs> A.K.A. Robin Hood. Robin Hood. Yeah, that's a new name for you. Get Restoring America, One County at a Time at AmericanVision.org. I suggest you read it. It's a powerful book. I, I, and his I new think book, I might read it now. Yeah, his new book. The Bounds of Love, An Introduction to God's Law of Liberty. Check it check out. him out. Read him yeah, in his own words. Talk about that one, did we? No, Next we time. We're, we'll hey, fight we're, over that we're one. We're going to get you again. <laughs> we're going to get you again. Hey, crosspolitik.com.